Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Before we get underway, a quick shout out to Clay Patton filling in for me two days last week as I took a little bit of R&R for myself. So thanks, Clay, for filling in. I much appreciate it. Well, markets, maybe I should go on vacation more often if I come back and we see some nice prices like we did within the grain complex today. But we're going to talk about a confusing market out there. And no, it's not soybeans or really corn either. We'll get to that in a moment. But we've got some dry weather concerns. Which grain is expensive? Which one isn't at this point? And if you looked at the cattle market, not a pretty picture. Just a few of the things that we're going to highlight today as we talk with Aaron Bertels. Welcoming Aaron back on the air with us with Crossroads Marketing. So the confusion right now in the markets shouldn't be that much of a surprise. And that's this wheat complex. Yeah, it's been a really resilient market. You know, it's one that, you know, typically we don't have as much um, control over because we are, you know, a smaller portion producer than we are of soybeans, corn and those kind of things. So it's one that can be a little harder to understand. We're dealing with a lot of stuff. You know, it seems like at this point, uh, everywhere that produces wheat is dry. And uh, you saw Russia, Russian prices go to all time highs now. Um, We're dry here. So there's a lot of concern about what kind of wheat crop we're going to get here. South America, obviously, Um, you know, places like France have downgraded their crop. So there's just a lot of fundamental concerns there. And really, you know, while wheat has been resilient, it's it's been at really low prices for a long time. You know, so even these prices today uh, aren't outstanding. You know, we dealt with over six dollar wheat for quite some time there. um, And, you know, we're still under that versus KC. So this is a strong market and one that, uh, you know, needs to be watched pretty closely here because you are getting overbought in a lot of these indicators. Um, Wheat's been at an overbought level for a while now, but because of the fundamentals has stayed strong and could make a little bit more of a run here. But I would expect you're going to have to get a break on this market at some point to be able to continue um, this move up. That makes me wonder what is going to be that break? What's going to be the turning point for this complex? Well, and it doesn't even have to be a turning point. It could just be the fact that, you know, we get to a point where people need to take some profits on stuff and you take a break to be able to build a foundation to move this thing up higher. And that's all going to depend on weather. I mean, we're dealing with weather markets here. So, you know, we're at a time frame where us to fix our soil moisture is going to be difficult because of the time of year. I mean, a lot of places are getting snow now. Um, You know, I'm not a meteorologist, but you don't typically fix a lot of soil moisture problems in that time of the year. Uh, So that may not change quickly. You know, Russia and and that situation uh, had gotten a little bit better, but obviously still um, supplies there are low with their price um, and what they're seeing. South America has gotten a better forecast now. So that situation probably is the one that can be the closest watched because uh, it could still change um, and and have a big impact. So as we look at this, uh, how would you see what's happening in the wheat having any sort of on the corn of the soybeans? I think it's a stabilizing factor. With beans especially, you know, we're seeing demand continue. We didn't see sales of beans today, but we saw them last week. Um, we saw them all the way through the holiday time frame for China. Uh, we, we've seen some sales of corn here recently. Uh, sales of corn are still quite a bit behind uh, what the USDA already has written down, but this isn't the time of year we typically sell corn. And we already saw that with beans. As soon as this announcement came out with the trade deal, everybody was really excited about, you know, uh, sales of beans and getting some exports on the books. And it didn't happen for a long time. And it's because it was during the time where China doesn't typically buy from us. Once we got to the time where they typically start buying from us, those sales accelerated. 
And that's probably the same thing the trade's looking for with corn. If we can get, you know, past the first of the year and into that time where we typically start selling corn, uh, they expect to see those sales play catch up. Um, so I think wheat's been a stabilizing factor here during a time where, you know, yields have been, from what I've heard, yields have been good, uh, not, you know, originally what was hoped for, um, you know, and you're seeing basis levels still strong. So it's just a really counter seasonal year where you're seeing basis and carry and all those things that typically um, are getting wider during this time frame, getting tighter. And it's just a, 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 an odd year. Talk about it being an odd year. Now, corn isn't really expensive. Beans got some good value. From a producer standpoint, what do you do? Do you hold? Do you sell? Do you just wait? Well, you can't really. I mean, this is the time for, to me, you have to look at this as a year and you have to remember how this year started. So this was a year where people were just looking to survive. And now we have prices that are going to allow them to do much better than that. Uh, The market's not paying you to carry bushels. So really the only thing you're going to be holding on to bushels for is to see if that carry comes back or to see if the basis can improve, which is very possible, right? Um, I think you've got to be aware of what you need for cash flow and what needs to be done, but also the fact that you can get bushels moved here and you can do more than survive on a year like this and set yourself up for a really good situation going into next year that we haven't had for four years at least right now. So I think the most important thing is for people to look at this year for what it is, which is a year that you don't get very often, maybe one out of 10 uh, that you see something like this, take advantage of it, make sure that nothing trips you up with this and put yourself into a position to have a much better opportunity for next year, which may revert back to what is normal, which is scares during the summer, you know, prices that are better during the summer. And then we grow a crop and prices come down a little bit. So I think you just got to make sure and realize that this is a year that's not normal. You need to take advantage of it and then try to get back into position to, to forward sell and do the things that you do next year. And obviously keep that conversation going. If you've got questions, you're probably not the only one out there. So you might as well ask them. Absolutely. Anything else that we're seeing in the grain complex that we need to kind of keep an eye on as, as we head to break? Just be prepared for, you know, if you're looking or you're sitting in a spot right now where you, you don't feel like you have enough sold, uh, just because you think these markets are going to keep going doesn't mean they're not going to break at some point here and, you know, take off 20, 30 cents, um, maybe more than that in beans, right? So you got to put yourself into a spot to make sure that, that you're okay with that and can sit through something like that. Some good advice. Stick around, folks. We come back. We're going to continue having the conversation with Aaron Bertels. More is coming up. It is the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we're continuing our conversation with Aaron Bertels. We talked about these dry weather concerns, I think more from of this wheat market and and the winter wheat crop. But do you see the dryness that we've got right now causing for any concerns as we look at some marketing in 2021, knowing what we're sitting with in 2020? Yeah, sure. But I think you got so many factors between now and then that could change that it's not something that um, should be on the top of your radar for, you know, huge concerns as to what you should do marketing. I mean, if you have decent prices going into springtime, acres are going to be big, right? You know, it's it's going to come down from a dry weather standpoint. South America is probably more um, critical right now just because if they can't get their 
bean crop planted, which they're well behind, even though they're getting rain right now, they're well behind um, getting the bean crop in. And, and that, as we know, and I'm sure you've talked about, pushes the second crop corn back, uh, which puts us, you know, behind, you know, from a supply standpoint as a starting point. So then you got to worry about um, obviously our weather, but we never worry about dry weather when we're planting, or at least the market hasn't shown a history of that. Um, if it's a little drier or soil moisture is a little drier, we're going to have some premium in there because of that going into summertime. And then it'll just come down to what the weather does from there, just like any normal marketing year. Right. I mean, we started off this last year with really huge um, moisture profile and most likely we're going to start this year with a lack of that. So I think you're going to have a little premium in there because of that. And then it'll come down to what the forecast say as you get into that normal time frame of, you know, May, June, July, when you start to worry about it. We've been kind of spoiled here in the last couple of of months with just continuous purchases coming, not only from China, but from Mexico and others. We know that as soon as this crop becomes weather ready in South America, we're going to see that shift. But until then, can we still kind of be banking on some decent exports? I think you can, as long as the price stays at a place that they like it. Right? I don't know how much of this has to do with the deal or, you know, what's going to change with the election. Um, any of those things. I don't know if they'd have made a deal if they didn't like the price or didn't need uh, the corn and beans, right? So it's obviously a need to them. They're not one that typically does things if they don't need it and if they don't like the price. So I think that's going to be your biggest factor. You take this, uh, you know, right now, if they need it, the price is less, you know, important (laughs) until they fill those needs. So I I expect things will continue this way for a little while. you know, until the price either gets it out of whack or until they have somebody else that can provide them the things that they need. So as we switch gears and go over to the livestock side, we look at this cattle market, and they have definitely had a lot of struggles in this trade and and struggles that we didn't need to see starting off on Monday. Yeah, really. And honestly, you know, the rally back from our lows after the the COVID-19 stuff initially hit was not really that impressive either. I mean, we we had more room that we could have gone and still kind of maintained this downtrend um, that we've had for a long time here um, in cattle. But we didn't make it to, to some of those areas that you, know, you thought you could possibly make it to. And, and now we've seen this big drop off. Supply has been a little bit better than expected. Um, you know, we haven't seen the, the demand increases there. And some of that's probably because of, you know, the people out of jobs and, and the cost of some of those things. Uh, there was some talk today about is this kind of a, a prequel to what may happen to the stock market here before we get to the election. Um, but, yeah, I think you're, you, today's day was was rough. You could go down a little bit more because of today and some of the areas you went through. I'd expect that you're, you're going to find a little bit of a place to bounce in here. But, again, I don't know if that means this downtrend is done. We've got some gaps down below here that, that could be filled. Um, and, you know, we'll just have to see where we want to bounce from. I think you're getting close to that point. Uh, but that may be a place to just get some additional hedges on if you can get a little bit of a bounce in this market. So this downtrend that we're seeing in cattle, does that set the tone, you think, for cash this week? I think it could. I think you saw, maybe not this week, I think you saw cash decline a little bit last week, kind of ahead of this. Um, you know, So it may already be in the marketplace for that. Lots of factors to look at on the livestock as well. Uh, the hogs, we're seeing some struggles uh, there. What are your thoughts on that market? And nearby was still strong today, you know, versus Dece. I think they just didn't see quite as much demand as they were hoping for. Uh, you know, the week before we saw gigantic amounts. Um, this week's were good, just not 
what they had been getting used to. And some of that may be because of China being on holiday, but uh, anytime, you know, they get used to something and, and don't get it, uh, you know, you're going to see some negative impact with that, but still a good looking market right now. Are many of these guys hoping for some cheaper grain prices to come their way? That's absolutely true. And, you know, the bigger problem for cattle guys too. I mean, you've got cattle prices going down and you've got grain prices going up. It's just not a pretty picture. Very much so. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Aaron? Yeah, you can give me a call at 402-309-3171 or email me at abertles at crossroadsml.com. All right, that has been the Fontenelle Final Bell. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss that are not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell has been brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. You can check out our conversation in a podcast at ruralradio.com, wherever you subscribe, and it's on Spotify as well. That's how we start the week. It's the Monday Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.